Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. And I'm Blake. We're back. Apologies. We I, I back. <laughs> Yeah, I don't... I mean, I have a reason. I have a reason. It sounds like an excuse. Day job has been super crazy. Would there have been an opportunity to maybe squeeze an episode in here or there? Possibly. Uh, Blake, our schedules haven't synced up. I kind of didn't want to do it on my own because it's so much better when Blake's here to give his thoughts as well. So... We just took an extended break, but him and I had a good talk today. We're still committed to trying to finish this thing this year. Uh, so we may just be releasing uh, a few, you know, I mean, we've been missed about three weeks. So that's about 20 episodes. So if we throughout the rest of the course of the rest of this year, have a few days where we release multiple episodes, we sh- should still be fine, which I kind of yeah. plan on doing anyway with some of the tangential stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're hopefully going to do a marathon recording session today. Uh, and tomorrow as well, and hopefully start banking some of these. So if we have some stuff come up again in the future, we won't miss. Uh, so again, apologies. I, I had readers or listeners reaching out asking me, hey, what happened to Spawn Daily? Are you guys still doing it? Yes, we're still doing it. Again, I apologize. It's tough when you're doing a, a daily podcast. And I've done it before daily for a whole year, and I didn't miss. But man, uh, I didn't get much sleep that year either and work wasn't crazy like it is right now uh with a lot of travel i'm having to travel a lot which is what is kind of making it tough to sync up our schedule so that being said quick reminder what we're doing it is the 30th anniversary of image comics which means the 30th anniversary of spawn so blake who's created an amazing reading order there's a link in the show notes you can go and check it out it covers the main spawn series which is originally what we started out doing but we decided to expand beyond that 
to take in a lot of the other tangential stuff that really affects things that happen in the main series as well. So when we do the regular main series, it will always be one issue per episode. When we do some of the tangential stuff, whether it's Curse of Spawn or Salmon Twitch or any of that stuff, we'll, we'll cover a whole arc in one episode. Uh, but hopefully we're going to be back on the daily schedule. So you guys will be there to listen every day. Hopefully, hopefully you guys didn't all disappear <laughs> when we disappeared. Uh, and we'll celebrate Spawn, right? And the, here's the thing about this. Blake has read this stuff before. I haven't read a lot of it. My Spawn reading stopped around issue 25-ish, 27, when I was collecting it back in the day. But I certainly am very interested in reading this connected Spawn universe that Todd McFarlane kicked off in uh, 2021 with... Um, Gunslinger Spawn and Scorched and King Spawn, and it all kicked off with this big oversized Spawn Universe issue. Well, I haven't, although I've been reading some of it, I felt a little lost because there was a lot of stuff in there, very dense reading, and I didn't have the context for it because I never read Spawn. I never read the main series. So I thought, well, for a while now, ever since, even before Spawn hit 300, I started collecting again. I have like from issue 270 to like 300. And there's a little gap, and then I have from like 310 up. Uh, so I had planned on, I need to get back into Spawn, and I just had never done it. Uh, but approaching 300, it, again, it was something I wanted to do. Didn't get a chance to. 30th anniversary, I'm like, I got to do it. Might as well turn, make it into a daily podcast. Let's get caught up and have more context for uh, that Spawn universe that Todd McFarlane is building. So that's a little background on, on what we're doing. So all that being said... Let me go ahead and, uh, again, we're, if you're watching us on, uh, on YouTube, you'll see that, you know, we do have the little bit of uh, a different look now when we go, uh, some cool graphics or whatever that I've, uh, put together and it allows us to share the book and, uh, a little, little fancier, I guess we'll say than it looked previously when we were just doing zoom. So, uh, when we left you guys last it was spawn number 68, so we're going to be talking about spawn number 69 on this episode. You should be able to see it now uh, on your screen if you're checking us out on YouTube. Uh, interesting cover. You see Sam and Twitch there, and they have spawn kind of draped between them. Um, a headless spawn, because <laughs> in the last issue, and I'll go ahead and check out the recap in the front cover. In the last issue that we read, uh, spawn had been killed. He had his head blown off. Uh, and... Cogliastro showed up in the back of Sam and Twitch's car and basically said, hey, you need to go and find Spawn. He he really needs your help. Um, and so they headed over there. They weren't really sure, you know, where to find Spawn. And that's where this issue picks up. And we also learned that the group that uh, of homeless that were, I don't want to say evil, but they were more militant, I guess we'll say. You know, they were more active in like rocking over liquor stores and mugging people and this and that. Uh, and they got in, in a bit of a disagreement with some of the other homeless that Spawn is more close to, like Bobby and Bootsy and those kind of guys. Uh, and their boss is actually the freak. He's the one that we saw way back, I think, in the late 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's the one that, that's kind of been spurring these guys on to do bad shit, basically. I mean, the, the freak is just that. He's a freak. And so... He's the one that's been kind of goading these guys and uh, why Spawn was able to be killed, why his head was literally blown off, uh, we're unsure of. So that's where this issue picks up. 
we see Sam and Twitch there, uh, and they're tearing through the, the alleys uh, of Rat City trying to figure out um, where Spawn is at. Again, all, this is all um, at the order of, uh, of Cogliostro. Not at the order, but I mean, the reason they're doing it, the reason they're aware of what's going on is because of, uh, of Cogliostro, who they've had run-ins with before, who seems to just magically appear in the back of their crime mobile, their 55 Chevy, uh, at will, and then, you know, gives them some information and then disappears. So, they're not necessarily happy to be in Rat City, but uh, they they do know that, I mean, they feel a connection with Spawn. You know, the big bombshell that Cogliostro dropped a few issues ago is how they are knights of Spawn is their king. They're, you know, they owe their loyalty to Spawn and whatnot. And they they didn't, Sam and Twitch, especially Sam, Detective Burke, he, he kind of pushed back on that a little bit. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? But I think even Sam is smart enough to know. I mean, Twitch is more the brains of the operation. But even Sam is smart enough to know that there's something to that. Uh, because everywhere they turn, they keep running into cases that end up involving Spawn, end up involving Al Simmons uh, in some way. So as they go tearing through these alleys, looking for it, they do come across his body. It's a beautiful double-page spread there from Greg Capullo. And Spawn has been strung up by uh, the freak and his minions, and yeah, there he is, headless. So they're they're pretty shocked. I mean, they've seen Spawn before, much like we saw Spawn before as this immortal, unkillable being. So it's not just that they come across Spawn's body and think, "Wow, he's jacked up." There's some fear that they feel there because it's like, well, if Spawn is this powerful as powerful as we know him to be, and something was able to kill Spawn and tear his head off, blow his head off, whatever, how much more dangerous is that thing than Spawn himself? So they're they're pretty worried. Um, and it's not, it's not really clear to me. It is kind of interesting that it's like, okay, so you come across Spawn's body. Cogliostro told you Spawn needs your help. Okay, you come across a headless body. At what point do you say, well, I don't know what kind of help we can give. And just kind of turn around and walk away. You know what I mean? That's not what they. That's not what they do. And we'll see that uh, in a second. But but before we get there, we're going to actually run into Cogliostro, and he's talking to Bootsy, and uh, this is really telling, uh, and it reveals something about Bootsy that we didn't know before. He, uh, Cogliostro's talking to Bootsy. He's like, it's ironic, right? This war that's we've had right under our noses uh, about who's really in control of human destiny, and neither of our masters really seems to be able to, you know, win this battle, win this skirmish. And Bootsy kind of plays dumb. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And Cogliostro's like, you know, spare me your innocent act. Now, we did see Bobby and the rest of the guys, when they were going to confront the guys that took out Spawn, Bootsy's like, I can't be involved. And Bobby actually got pretty mad at Bootsy. Like, after everything Spawn's done for you, you, you say you can't get involved. And it's like, there's a part of Bootsy that, I mean, doesn't come across as cowardly, but there's something about him where he says, you know, I, I can't get involved. And we find out why that is right here. Um, and basically, Cogs is is insinuating that Bootsy is an agent of heaven. And Bootsy doesn't deny it. And in fact, he says, um, I, you know, I won't play innocent, but I still have to stick to my orders. And Cogliostro's like, uh, and those orders are to watch but not interfere. And Bootsy talks about, and this is something that's really big uh, in Catholicism, 
and I'm speaking from experience, having gone to Catholic school, he starts talking about self-determination and free will. And he's like, you know, my job is to report, you know, that's the mandate to give mankind free will. We, we can perform miracles and, and uh, you know, allow them to see things that, that should uh, help convince them to believe, but, you know, we, I can't directly interfere. And so he, he kind of gets upset when Cogliostro is sort of insinuating that he's not doing anything. Um, and uh, Bootsy does say, though, yeah, and, and we have performed miracles to try to get people to leave. What's your side done? And Cog's like, well, I didn't know heaven was keeping score, uh, but I guess you need to to try to justify your actions when it suits you. Um, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that we can't count on you to do more than, you know, a random miracle here or there. Good night. And he goes walking away. So it's a pretty big surprise to find out that all along, Bootsy knows more about Spawn than Spawn himself does because Bootsy apparently is, uh, is an agent of heaven. So meanwhile, uh, back in uh, the alley where Spawn was strung up, they managed to pull out the pieces of rebar that were pinning his body to the wall. And of course, his body falls and we're reminded once again of how heavy he is, you know, the 400 pounds. They sort of used the chains from his costume to kind of hoist him up onto Twitch's back. But then uh, Sam kind of uh, loses his grip and yeah, Twitch is almost smashed. Again, we're reminded how heavy he is. His body of necro flesh weighs over 400 pounds. And so Sam's able to lift it up and kind of uh, allow Twitch to squirm out from underneath and they, they get them up and they're, they're kind of moving them. And again, I have to wonder, and maybe you have some idea, Blake, like where exactly do you think you're taking this guy? His head has been blown off. His body clearly is not a human body because there's no way it would weigh that much. And I've moved my share, not of dead bodies, but of people that were like, completely passed out like drunk or what have you because usually when you sleep your body you know as deep as asleep as you can possibly think your body still like you, you still have muscle tone and you know you're, you're bearing up some of your own weight a little a little bit when it's a dead body or somebody who's like completely passed out drunk man you'd be surprised how heavy how much heavier they feel than when they're not um and, and 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 it's not like the weight is all in one spot either. The weight's kind of you know it's awkward. Like picking somebody up is awkward a lot of times. So yeah, I can't I'm imagine right. trying to to lift up this four hundred pound body. So where the heck exactly do they think they're taking him? Just throw know. him in the car <laughs> and hope Cog shows up. So Sam and Twitch aren't like completely on board with being Spawn's knights quite yet. You mentioned before how Sam is very hesitant to kind of you know, like take on this kind of uh, a title or responsibility. They still sort of think that, okay, he's got some powers and stuff and he's, he's crazy durable, but he's just a guy doing stuff in the alleys and he's involved in all these cases and whatever. So they're not thinking that he's some kind of like Holy Avenger or like a real superhero. They just know that he's involved in these cases and he's very suspicious and spooky and stuff. So, when a guy just appears in the back of your car telling you, oh yeah, and by the way, you're also that guy's like holy Avenger knights, you're his eyes and ears and his hands in the real world. It's like, uh-huh, sure we are, got it. So they're kind of like barging into the situation, not even really knowing 
fully what they're getting into. Cog just told them, Spawn needs your help, go help him. And so they find his headless body in the alley, strung up and crucified with his own chains. I don't know what's going through their heads. Like, he doesn't have a head. Like, like <laughs> what do they think they're doing? Like, are they, are they trying to move him out of the alleys and then call an ambulance or something? Like, they can see and, and mention that he looks like he's made of green jello. So... You know, they're starting to sort of like, oh, he's not, like, fully human, is he? Okay. I, I just don't know exactly what their what their thought process is. It's like, okay, we're helping him off this wall and out of this alley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only thing that I can... Goal. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can think is maybe they're worried that the people that basically crucified him or attached him to the wall will come back and mutilate his body more. But, I mean, he's already yeah. dead, so... You can't be more dead. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, and, and again, we don't even understand. Story forward. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. And, yeah, and we don't even understand at this point why he was able to be killed. So, anyway, as they're trying to drag his body back to their car, I guess Bobby and the rest of Spawn's uh, homeless friends show up and they say, "Hey, you drop out right now. Back away slowly." And, and one of the guys like, "Ah, they, it's true. They did blow his head off. We didn't think it was possible." And Bobby yells at him, calls him punks, uh, and, and says they're going to take care of him. You know, they've got some weapons in terms of blunt instruments and whatnot, but Sam and Twitch are armed, you know, and Twitch is an expert marksman. So they pull out their guns and, uh, and, and take aim. And then the group that actually killed Spawn show up as well. These are the guys that Bobby and his group were, are really there to fight. You know, they didn't know. They just happened upon Sam and Twitch with Spawn's body and, and made an assumption. But when this other group shows up, they're like, okay, this place belongs to us now. Uh, so we took out your tough guy hero, and he's not here to save you now. So in a few minutes, we're, uh, we're going to take you out too. So now the group that Bobby's in realizes, okay, these are the guys that took out Spawn. And Sam and Twitch are sort of caught in the middle, and they're, they're saying, uh, okay, you guys all need to stand down. We don't need to have some big gang fight right here. Uh, Twitch is like, freeze, all of you. And Bobby's like, look, we don't know who you guys are, but this is not your fight, so just get out of here before you get hurt. Um, but Twitch is not about to, to let that happen. He's like, look, we've got guns. You don't. You guys all need to put down your weapons, uh, and, and we'll figure this out. So... I guess the the enemy of my enemy is my friend in a lot of ways. And so it's like the two groups are going to team up to take out Sam and Twitch so they can be left alone to, uh, you know, decide who's really going to be in charge of Rat City. So they turn as one group and they're about to attack Sam and Twitch when uh, Twitch hits the uh, poster, which, I mean, this is like the 90s, right? And yet somehow there's still a Richard Nixon poster hanging up in the house. <laughs> Uh, and Sam shoots him in the forehead and says, okay, next guy that makes a move uh, gets a uh, repeat performance. So he does actually get the guys, uh, both groups of guys to stand down. They're facing the wall. Um, Sam Burke is frisking him, looking for weapons. When the freak shows up, he holds a knife to twitch his throat and has a bit of the upper hand. And he's like, all right, officers, uh, as, you know, assuming that they're they're police, even though they're no longer uh, employed by the uh, New York Police Department, 
It's like, as much as I want to uphold the law, uh, the fact is you don't really give a rat's ass about any of us, right? So you're, you're all just losers, right? Isn't that what you just called us? So, you know, we have the upper hand now, you know, let everybody go. And Sam tries to uh, call his bluff saying, you know, do whatever you want to him. You'll still die. Uh, so, you know, you might want to think about letting him go. Uh, and unfortunately, the freak is insane. So you're not going to be able to, to reason with him. Right. And uh, he's like, you know, look into my eyes and tell me which one of us is bluffing detective. Uh, and so Sam ends up having to drop his weapon because he realizes, yeah, the freak is crazy. And the freak really will kill Twitch even if it means that Sam kills the freak, you know, a few seconds later. So he goes ahead and, uh, and drops his gun. Uh, but unbeknownst to anybody, this is where we find out how Spawn was able to be killed. There is a part of Rat City, there is a part of the alleys of Rat City that are actually what's called a, a dead zone. Um, it's a, a little piece of he- heaven on earth, for lack of a better way to put it, where if... Spawn enters that territory, he doesn't have his powers, right? There's the, Hell doesn't have any influence over that little pocket, that little dead zone, which uh, Sam and Twitch apparently moved Spawn just enough to get him out of that dead zone. Now, the dead zone will be referenced more in this issue and in the, the, the few subsequent issues that follow. And man, it's convenient. I, I would really like to see a map of the alley and where the dead zone is because... So he just happened to be in the dead zone when these guys attacked him were able to blow his head off and they transported him some distance and pinned him up against the wall and that also just happened to be in the dead zone and then Sam and Twitch struggled to drag him just a few feet but just those few feet are enough to get him out of the dead zone but then later we'll see that he goes back in the dead zone when he fights another new character that's coming up in a couple of issues so it's like man this idea of the dead zone is interesting, but it's also super convenient for McFarland to have him say, oh, he was in the dead zone. Oh, he moves a couple feet to the right. He's no longer in the dead zone. It's like, eh, it's a little ex deus machina. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So uh, we do see the worms. We see the flies. We see the maggots. We see all those creatures that are able to uh, give Spawn power and the ability to heal. Uh, and they do indeed heal him, and he rises again on the last page there. And it's a great image uh, with his eyes glowing. So I guess the necroplasm regenerated his head. So his eyes are glowing there, and there's some smoke or steam or something coming off his body where the bullet holes have healed up as well. And you see that look of terror in the uh, on the face of the freak in the reflection on the knife, which is a really, really great touch from, uh, from McFarland. So... You know, not a whole ton of action in this one. Um, I mean, Spawn spends the entire issue dead, except for the last page. And we do obviously get a little bit of, like a tease of action uh, of this war, this gang war that's going to, almost a gang civil war when you think about it, because they're all homeless guys. um, And they're, uh, you know, looking to tear each other's heads off. And then also the reveal of Bootsy being uh, an agent of heaven, which I think is a pretty big deal. So... A bit of a setup issue, a bit of a transition issue, um, but there are some important aspects to, to this issue. You know, obviously, this thought uh, or concept of the dead zone uh, is very important, at least in the 
uh, a lot of the issues that follow this one, um, at least for a little while anyway. I don't know how long it, it's part of the story. Uh, and then, yeah, that revelation for, for Bootsy and the return of the freak, which um, he's not really a character I, I really enjoy, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, in a way that the Violator is interesting as a character because he's this agent of chaos and is super unpredictable. The Freak is kind of the same thing, but I don't know. It, maybe that's why I don't care about the Freak because, well, I already have the Violator to fill that role. Why do I need another really unpredictable character, one that used to be human? I don't know. His motivations... I can understand the Violator's motivations, right? Like, he wants to make Spawn look bad, so, you know, he feels that as uh, a natural native denizen of hell, he, him and his brothers should be in charge of Hell's armies. Like, I, I can understand that motivation, even if it's misguided. The Freak, it's like a true agent of chaos, because we don't even have reasons for... I mean, we don't know his, his origin, really. Yeah. And well, we did get uh, an origin of sorts for him uh, back when he was first introduced in those with the issues. With the psychiatrist, right? Yeah, Dr. Delirium. Right. And then uh, he convinces Spawn to help him break in and then kill Dr. Delirium and his scientists and stuff. And he was experimented on. Oh, that's long. right. He was, yeah. He yeah. was, yeah. And that's, that's right. kind of what took his sanity was, you know, before he had like a wife and kids and then, you know, they, they took him and experimented on him a bunch and he basically went crazy, like full on crazy. And then he got away from them or something and uh, Dr. Delirium killed his family. It's a very Frank Castle kind of a story. And uh, and then, you know, the freak swears vengeance against Dr. Delirium. And it's all, he, he's almost like an anti-hero, but he's always played like he's a villain. And he's very antagonistic and villainy in his kind of approach to everything. He's hyper-violent and... Uh, unpredictable like you said he's he he does fill a very similar role to the violator and that's one of the reasons that he also doesn't track with me uh i wish i had a differing opinion so we could have some more like commentary on it but i agree with you like he he's just okay like i think he does a really good job here if they always played him as this kind of crazy you know, gang boss kind of a guy in the background, like pulling strings and stuff. I think that would have been really cool to see happen over like a long period of time. But, uh, you know, he just kind of like pops out of the blues, like, Oh, I'm in charge of these homeless people now. It's like, since when? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, he got, last time I yeah. saw he was like 30 issues ago. <laughs> yeah. He got what he wanted in terms of, he wanted his revenge and he did get it. Um, and so now, so but now it's like had other plans for spawn at the end of that issue, something about spawn enticed him. So it was like, okay, so maybe he's going to have some kind of long game to like get spawns powers or something. And there was some kind of like setup for that when one of his henchmen brought him the bag of necroplasm, but then that kind of doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and and the other thing is, and this is no slight against Capullo's art. I don't care for his look either. He just, I don't find his uh, giant mop of hair. I, I don't even know what to call it. It's like Alan Moore run amok, 
Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't find it to be a compelling uh, or interesting visual design uh, either. That being said, uh, there is a lot of detail in this issue from Capullo, you know, being that it's in the alley. You know, we do have a few panels here and there that are sort of light on the backgrounds, but we get plenty of panels where, you know, we're getting... Uh, we're getting the bats, we're getting the flies, we're getting the rats, we're getting the, the maggots, we're getting the, you know, cracked brick of the, the building. Um, we're getting the, the facial expressions uh, that are very maniacal when it comes to the freak. But in terms of Sam and Twitch are, uh, are much more emotive and, uh, and the, a lot of the homeless guys, just this anger, this animosity that they feel toward each other, which is depicted very well with the facial expression. So this, I have a feeling this is one of those issues that probably took McFarlane quite a while or a, a Capullo writer. Uh, well, both of them really. Um, and that does remind me, I didn't actually give the uh, credit. So yeah, McFarlane story, Greg Capullo on pencils, inks by McFarlane and Chance Wolf, Tom Borzakowski on letters and Brian Haberlin and uh, Dan Kemp on letters. So yeah, it uh, must have taken Capullo quite a while because there are a couple of pages where he, he draws every brick, whether it's um, the bricks uh, on the pavement that they're running over or uh, the buildings that they're uh, of Rat City that they're running between, uh, though that being Sam and Twitch, you can see it on the screen there. Um, that's, that's a lot of detail. So when he does go a little light on backgrounds, just putting like smoke or steam or whatnot, I don't necessarily mind it. Um, you look at that double page spread where um, Spawn is decapitated. Again, you got a ton of bricks, you got chains, you got ropes, you got, you know, rusted pipes and a lot of shadow trench coats that Sam and Twitch are wearing that have all sorts of detail on them. So, yeah, this is uh, this is fantastic work from uh, Capullo. And, I, you know, I, just recently, it, within the last three or four years, I think... Um, might have been when we did an episode on Best Batman Artists. I talked about uh, Capullo. He was on that list and specifically called out his ability to show emotion in faces, which, man, he's up there with um, Kevin Maguire, in my mind, for m- most emotive uh, faces on characters. So fantastic work, um, especially that double-page spread when Sam and Twitch discover Spawn's headless body, and then that last page when Spawn is risen again uh and i'll point out once one more time that reflection of uh the freak's surprise on that knife blade is uh is fantastic so yeah uh anything else to add about this issue blake um one of my favorite panels in this uh particular issue is the panel that shows the two groups of homeless people about to do battle and tensions are at an all-time high, but then you've got these two cops here, and like like you had mentioned, they they have a shared enemy. Like the homeless people, it, it, and it was mentioned; it's been mentioned several times in the last several issues, where you know they they get pushed around and bullied by uh, by the police. You know, they're never able to settle in one place for too long. They're constantly harassed by the police. And so even though these two uh, opposing homeless groups are about to, you know, go at each other and kill each other, they would rather set that problem aside for a moment so they can take care of these two cops because they just don't like them. And, and 
just like the buildup to that, you know, all of that tension, all the screaming, all of that emotion. Like we especially know how Bobby feels. We've been seeing his reaction very, very closely. He is livid and will kill anyone in his path because he truly cares about Al. And he's willing to set all of that on the back burner just for a moment to redirect all of that anger towards these cops and just there isn't a ton of detail on the panel itself but you know what is there is just it's very emotive uh every single homeless person's face is just like oh no you you misunderstand the situation where we will stop this for a moment to come after you (laughs) And and one of the the homeless people is like, we're not afraid of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it, really good panel. I, I I get a lot of joy out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point because you know at this point, what do these guys have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, why would they be afraid of the cops? They're they're homeless. That a lot of these guys are on their last on their last chance. So it's a it's a good it's a good point. Um, and it also goes to why you know, they are so angry and, and have the ability to, to lash out and be so violent. I mean, they, they have nothing to lose and they've been, they feel like they've been backed into a corner. So there's nothing more dangerous than somebody who feels like they got nothing left to lose. Uh, and, and they're, they feel trapped. They're going to lash out for sure. So yeah, it's, it's very, uh, very understandable. So, uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this issue, issue number 69, everybody. Uh, we're going to say thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're checking us out on YouTube. And we're going to record another episode right now, so uh-huh. you won't get it until tomorrow But uh, as you're listening to this. Uh, but, yeah, two days in a row. It's been a while. So uh, we're glad to be back, and hopefully we'll, uh, we won't miss any more days, knock on wood. Uh, so we appreciate everybody listening and joining. Don't forget to check out Blake's reading order so you know uh, what's coming up next. Uh, we're on a little bit of a run for the regular series right now. So I think we're, we're going to do uh, up through like 74 or 76 or so. So if uh, you just collect the regular series, you'll definitely want to join us for the next few days. So, uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.